Hello and welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, I'm your host, but you probably knew that already. It's Thursday evening this time. I'm cramming this recording in before the family gets home and I have to start making dinner. So I thought I could either relax after a hard day of work or I could play some classic Atari games and talk to the internet about them. So that's what I did. Uh, no real news this week. Spring seems to be creeping into the ecosystem, and that's a nice thing. It makes it harder to be inside, except when playing Atari games, of course. But really, I have nothing else to report, so let's just get into this week's game. This week, we're doing Atari's version from 1982 of Ms. Pac-Man. This was a follow-up, of course, to the wildly successful monster hit Pac-Man, and is a fun game in its own right. I was excited to get this. I actually played uh, the Atari version of this for the first time just recently. It was not a game that I had as a kid. Uh, I played it in the arcade, but I never had it for the Atari for one reason or another. So I was excited to get this game recently. It's easy to put Pac-Man right next to Ms. Pac-Man. And by the way, I heard somewhere, maybe on another podcast, that the intended pronunciation of the character's name is Ms. Pac-Man, not Miss Pac-Man. I don't know if that's accurate or not. I don't know if that's a statement of some sort, but there it is. And since I think I heard that somewhere, I'm sticking with it. It's easy to set Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man next to each other and think, well, really Ms. Pac-Man is just Pac-Man with a bow on her head and the game has a pink color scheme. This is probably an insult to the game, certainly an insult to girls. I don't know if it's accurate or not. The cringeworthy setup that were given for the game in the actual Atari manual doesn't help a whole lot. The cover art, the art on the cover of the manual, and I assume the art on the box, I don't have the box, the art on the cartridge label shows Ms. Pac-Man with a red bow and lipstick and thigh-high boots. And then you go inside the manual to page after the table of contents. Section one of the manual is titled The Beauty Queen of Video Games. This, I can see already, is probably going to be problematic. So I'm reading here. By now, you've probably spent some time playing the master of mazes, Pac-Man. Well, look out, Pac-Man lovers. Atari is proud to bring you the femme fatale of the video game world, Ms. Pac-Man. That's right, she's here in all her shining glory. Ms. Pac-Man is sure to steal your heart with her grace and charm. And she's all dolled up with a ribbon in her hair, just like the arcade Ms. Pac-Man. This Atari home version has multiple mazes, floating fruit, pretzels, an end-of-the-game cartoon, and four fearless ghosts, Inky, Blinky, Pinky, and Sue. Get ready to feast your eyes on the original beauty, video Beauty Queen. She's ready to bring you many delightful hours of fun and excitement, so sit back, relax, and have a good time playing Ms. Pac-Man. I'll just go ahead and read the gameplay section here, uh, and then I'll come back and talk about this a little bit more. The object of the game is to score as many points as you can while Ms. Pac-Man eats dots, fruit, pretzels, energy pills. Hey! I just noticed that. In this manual, they actually call the little things that you eat dots. It's not exactly pellets, which is what I like to call them, but it's a whole lot better than wafers, which is what the Pac-Man manual called them. So, good on you, Ms. Pac-Man manual writers. Let's see, where was I? Score 10,000 points and earn a bonus Ms. Pac-Man life. The game starts with three Ms. Pac-Man lives, which are indicated by three, basically little Pac-Man symbols. 
Ms. Pac-Man symbols, at the lower left cor corner of the screen. When gameplay begins, Ms. Pac-Man is located close to the center of the screen, just below the ghost reincarnation chamber. Wow, that's a fancy name. The reincarnation chamber. Use your joystick controller to guide Ms. Pac-Man around. Gulp down the ghost. Gulp down the energy pill. Turn the ghost blue, because they're frightened. You turn your points for first ghost, 400 for the second, so forth. You guys know how this game is played. There are some bonus items. Well, first of all, they describe that there are game variations. The Atari Ms. Pac-Man includes the following four game variations. Cherries, the one bear version, a good choice for beginners. Ms. Pac-Man is pursued by only one ghost. The two bear version, a novice player's choice where there are two ghosts. Three bears, an intermediate player's choice where there are three ghosts. Evidently, you know, I guess the arcade version is the one with the four ghosts. It's not really clear. Actually, it does say that. I think that's also the hardest version. It doesn't actually refer to it as the hard version. But I guess uh, it's the one that's intended to be most like the arcade version. I think it's the one that moves the fastest as well. Which I actually find to be easier. There are a number of things that you can eat to get points. Dots, energy pills, cherries, strawberries, oranges, apples, pears, bananas. And that other awesome fruit, the pretzel. And then there, as we noted, up to four ghosts. So that's how the game is played. And that's a little bit about how Atari frames Ms. Pac-Man which, as I said, we'll talk more about in a minute. But first, as always, let's hear our intrepid field gamer, Bill, play a little Ms. Pac-Man. After the break, we'll do just that. unpack a new Pac-Man adventure. That's clever wordplay, kids. That's why I have a podcast. You thought Pac-Man was scary ghosts? Check out Ms. Pac-Man. Let's hit it. Oh, this game looks great. It sounds like Pac-Man. I'm playing on one of the settings where the ghosts and Pat, Miss Pac-Man move a lot faster. I actually find that easier. I just chomp some ghosts, eat some cherries, got my healthy snack for the day. Man, this, compared to the Atari Pac-Man, this board looks great. Oh, too busy admiring the scenery. Guess I should concentrate on my driving. Same spot, too, man. Oh, come back here. Ah, more cherries. Love cherries. Secret passages are my friend. Jump. I can't ever get over how good these ghosts look. They look just like the arcade. Pink and red and orange. Well, kind of green. I thought he was blue before. Anyway. Oh, you thought you had me ready, didn't you? Can't remember which one is Inky Blinky Clyde. Oh. And that's the game. Well, back to you in the studio. Thank you, Bill. That was an awesome, riveting bit of internet gameplay. So where to begin with this? The issue of girls and gaming is still today, 2016, 
if you're listening to this in the far-flung future, like in the year 2400, or if the uh, somehow this has ended up on a satellite feed that's been beamed across the universe, here on Earth it's the year 2116, and for some reason, still today, the issue of girls playing games, and how they play games, and should they play games, and what kind of games should they play, is still, bizarrely, a thing of controversy in the gaming world. I don't get why it's a big deal. Everybody should play whatever game they want to play. There should be games that appeal to all different kinds of people for all different kinds of reasons. This game, Ms. Pac-Man, came out in the 1980s, where, frankly, there was a whole lot less care given to avoiding coming off as sexist or condescending to women. There might be some token efforts to cater to women by men in certain areas, like in gaming or in television or whatever. But it was kind of half-hearted a lot of times and wasn't necessarily, things were not necessarily as equal, particularly in things like gaming, as they should have been. And frankly, in this game, especially with the description I read earlier, there is a whiff, maybe more than a whiff, maybe a whole huge steaming odor fest. I think I mixed some metaphors there. Anyway, to Ms. Pac-Man, where uh, the folks at Atari, primarily men, I'm guessing, said, eh, slap a bow on Pac-Man and girls will love it. I think the arcade version of Ms. Pac-Man actually had lipstick, too. I may be wrong about that. Someone can correct me if I am. And the artwork, as I said, in this manual, very much has a girly Pac-Man with the lipstick and the thigh-high boots and, and the ribbon in the hair. Why did Atari even bother to mate Ms. Pac-Man? Well, this one's pretty obvious. Pac-Man was wildly successful, so making a sequel was a no-brainer, of course. Can't fault them on that. But why this particular game? The sequels to Donkey Kong, like Donkey Kong Jr. and the whole slew of Mario games, didn't change Mario into Ms. Mario, gave him a brother, and a cast of supporting characters, but Mario was still Mario, and they just dropped him into new adventures. Why not do that with Pac-Man? Frankly, Ms. Pac-Man, other than a change in the color scheme, the maze is purple, or excuse me, not purple, the maze is pink, and you know, Ms. Pac-Man has the ribbon in her hair, but other than that, this is pretty much just Pac-Man with a different name, at least in terms of what the mission in the game is, what you're intended to do. It's all about eating those dots, pellets, forever I'm going to call them pellets, and chomping the ghosts. So the game's no different. I can't imagine any other reason to make Ms. Pac-Man other than a somewhat lukewarm effort to get girls to buy games. You gotta kind of appreciate that they wanted to quote-unquote give the girls a game, but I don't know. This was, you know, decades before Lara Croft and other games that we've gotten now that have slowly started to realize that making things pink isn't how you cater to girls. You give them a good game with women at the center of it. But, you know, this was 1982, an era when there were games and toys for boys and games and toys for girls and never the twain shall meet. I've never seen statistics on this, uh, uh, on the split, the gender split among Atari players back then between boys and girls. Who was buying these games? What games were they buying? I'm sure somebody was tracking those statistics, but I've never seen them. For that matter, I don't know specifically today what the statistics are on that, uh, on game sales. Uh, my hunch 
my sense is that it's a bit more equal now. I suspect it's still more men and boys than, than women, but I may be wrong. If anyone out there has those statistics handy and wants to uh, send us an audio or an email or, or something, I would be very interested to hear those. Having said all of this, it, it sounds like I'm being critical of Pac-Man. I'm really not. But, you know, I, I said that as a, a white male who, well, I was white male then, I'm white male now. I would have liked this game then, and I liked it now, as far as a fun game to play. It, it, yeah, it's just Pac-Man, but it's a better version of Pac-Man in the sense that it looks and sounds and feels more like arcade Pac-Man, or Miss Pac-Man, than our Atari's version of Pac-Man did. The colors are sharper and crisper, the ghosts look like the ghosts from the game, they're multicolored, they have more personality in terms of eye movement and, and that kind of thing. The fruit looks like fruit, including the pretzel. Yeah, try and, kids, try and convince your mom that pretzels are fruit. Alright, so we've gotten all that out of the way for now. The whole Gamergate stuff and men versus women in games, that's a whole series of podcasts in itself. So let's just get into what we do on this show, which is we look at the story within the game. If you listen to episode 7 of Atari Bytes, and if you haven't, why the hell not? Just kidding. But it is a pretty good episode, and I would encourage you to listen to it. In that episode, I laid out my idea that Pac-Man was basically a an arcade or Atari version of the Breaking Bad show long before there was a Breaking Bad show. Pac-Man was Walter White, the ghosts were Hank, and the other DEA agents pursuing him. In, in other words, I flipped the common idea on its head, where Pac-Man wasn't the hero running from the ghosts, he was the bad guy being pursued by the good guy ghosts. In the end, of course, he loses his life, and the game is over. The ghosts, despite being eaten and reincarnated in the reincarnation chamber, which sounds totally awesome, eventually they win anyway, and the game's over. So, then we get Ms. Pac-Man. What do we have here? In keeping with my theory that Pac-Man was Breaking Bad before there was a Breaking Bad, that means that Ms. Pac-Man is somebody else from that show, is somebody else in Walter White's corner. If Walter White is gone because the game ended and Walter White slash Pac-Man ran out of lives, someone has come back now in Ms. Batman to take up his slack, perhaps to get revenge. That means probably he's either, or she rather, Ms. Batman is either Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad or Walter White's wife, Skylar. I think it probably makes more sense that Ms. Batman is Skylar, not just for gender reasons, but Jesse, towards the end of the uh, Breaking Bad, wasn't necessarily in Walter White's camp. He wasn't necessarily interested in whether Walter White succeeded or not. He was trying to save his own. I was going to say a bad word there, but I'll try and keep the clean uh, icon on this episode. Trying to save his butt, his own butt, and get on with things. Skyler, however, had to step up and do what she needed to do. In Breaking Bad, lots and lots of people die. Maybe that's kind of spoilery, but if you've heard anything about the show, even if you haven't seen it, you probably know that lots and lots of people die. Some of them are bad guys, some of them are good guys, some of them are both, in a way, and I think that's kind of what where Skylar falls. When she finds out what Walt was up to, making meth, it destroys her family, but 
the knowledge also motivates her to do some things that she might not have done otherwise, at least for a while. She becomes really good at lying. She becomes really good at conniving. She is complicit in keeping the meth-making business a secret. She does whatever she needs to do to protect her family. She helps her friend Ted with some shady dealings. She launches and builds up a very successful business to launder Walt's money. In the game, then, in Ms. Pac-Man, Skylar's efforts to, even though she doesn't agree with what Walter White was doing, she steps up to help him to save herself and her family and maybe redeem Walt. Those things that she does, the business, the lying, the, the helping her friends, those are all represented in the game in physical ways by collecting the energy pills or the fruit prizes, the cherries, the strawberries, the pretzels. But much like Pac-Man, eventually, of course, it's game over. You lose. Just like Walt did, Skylar ultimately fails, spoiler, to save her family, at least not completely, and Ms. Pac-Man, eventually you run out of lives and the game is over. The effort at revenge works for a while, she takes out a few ghosts, but ultimately she's going to lose. That doesn't necessarily mean that, the possibility that you're going to lose doesn't necessarily mean that you don't want that revenge. And that's what drives Ms. Pac-Man, because at the end of the day, kids, isn't getting revenge what life is all about? So that's our show. But hey, before we go, one more little special announcement. Friend of the show, I think you'd be okay with me calling him that, Bill Kendrick, one of the hosts of the XEGS Cart by Cart podcast, which is a show you should listen to. I listen to it, despite the fact that, frankly, I know absolutely nothing about the XEGS system. I've never played anything on it, never seen it, I don't know anything about it. But I listen to the podcast because it's entertaining, and I'm learning something. And if you can combine entertaining and enjoying, then you have maximized what the internet is all about, even if nothing is naked. But anyway, Bill has an announcement he would like to share with all of you about a fun, free, yes, that's right, free gaming event called the Atari Party, which is happening in Davis, California this summer, I believe, on July 30th. I will let him tell you about it, though, in just a moment, and I'll put some links in the show notes so that you can hear more. So here's Bill telling you all about Atari Party. Hey, Bill. It's Bill Kendrick from the XCGS Cart by Cart podcast. I want to let you and your listeners know that I'm hosting my 8th annual Atari party this summer out here in Davis, California. That's near Sacramento and not far from the San Francisco Bay Area and Silicon Valley. It's free and will undoubtedly have at least one Atari 2600 set up. It's a one-day event on Saturday, July 30th. Visit newbreedsoftware.com slash Atari party for more info. Thanks. Thanks, Bill. As I said, I'll put a link to the podcast and to more information about the Atari party in the show notes. If you're in Davis, California, or you want to make a trip out there, I would encourage you to do so. And that's about it. As you know, you can find Atari Bytes on iTunes and Stitcher. Also, tune in. Please leave a review on iTunes for us. It helps our rankings. It helps other people find the show. It makes me all warm and fuzzy. The website is ataribytes.lipson.com. You can email me at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com if you have any thoughts about the show, if you have any of those statistics I talked about, if you just want to say hi. 
You can like Atari Bytes, the Atari Bytes page on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Atari Bytes or me personally at Carnival of Glee. And remember, as always, in Atari Bytes, the Bytes is spelled B-Y-T-E-S. My thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for the Creative Commons use of his songs Take a Chance, Reformat, and Pinball Spring. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. Thank you.